This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage brings the mortgage process into the 21st century with a fast, easy, and completely online process. Check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickenloans.com/fool. It's Thursday, September 22nd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Bill Barker. Happy Thursday. Thank you. Are you ready to wrap up the week? Is today the first day of fall? It is, isn't it? Because yesterday is. was the last day of summer. Yes, it is. Wow. How will you be celebrating the first day of fall? With some sort of pumpkin-themed food or drink? Uh, I'll be going to back-to-school night. Oh, okay. As will I. Which is why I'm tired like a grown-up today. Oh, yeah. You're more of a... Yeah, you're you're putting more effort just based on the fact that you're wearing a jacket. (laughs) Nice pants and a nice jacket. Yeah, you're putting more effort into back-to-school night than I will be. Well, I like to leave the other parents with the impression, on behalf of my children, that I might be employed. Whereas if I just go in a normal, you know, office attire for what is required in this office, the conclusion is going to be that guy doesn't have a job. Yeah. Also, his poor children. (laughs) Also, doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't uh, the Mrs. Bill Barker work at the school? So, like, you got to up your game, not just on behalf of your kids, but your spouse. Yes. Yes. So, so yeah. I mean, the pressure's on tonight. All right. I'm just so glad I don't have that pressure, or at least you do. Yeah. I mean, you get you back to school pretty soon. Yeah. Well, no, I, I have back to school tonight, but I'm just I'm not putting the effort. You're in. You're mailing it in. I'm phoning it in. Yeah. Kind of like the beginning of this podcast. I'm totally phoning it in. Um, we're going to dip into the full mailbag. Uh, we're going to talk retail. The Fed uh, had their meeting yesterday. We will touch on that. But let's start with AutoZone. Their fourth quarter profits came in higher than expected, and they are opening a bunch of new stores, too. And uh, not to sound like a broken this is the good kind of broken record, I think, if you're an AutoZone shareholder. This is, this is one of those retailers, one of those specialty retailers that really just continues to get it done quarter after quarter. They really do, and uh, the stock isn't reacting much today because there wasn't anything too new or fascinating here. Uh, comps were up one percent. I think total sales were up about four percent. Profits were up about six percent, and then you get down to the very bottom, and earnings per share were up twelve or thirteen percent for the year. So uh, again, AutoZone delivers uh, not only by improving margins and. You know, opening up a few new stores, getting more people in the store every every quarter, uh, but uh, by buying back shares, and they've really, really focused on that to the uh, delight of their shareholders over the last fifteen years. Um, we're not going to be talking about Bed Bath and Beyond today. We may we may touch on it on Motley Fool Money uh, uh, this weekend, but. Um, I was watching CNBC this morning. They were talking about Bed Bath and Beyond, and in particular, uh, it appears that in terms of buying back stock, they appear to be the anti-AutoZone. They, they appear, or at least recently, they're just they're just one of those businesses that's that's buying back at the wrong time and and doing a, a poor job of asset allocation in that regard. But I, I want to go back to the store openings for a second because for all that we talk about e-commerce and the importance of e-commerce. AutoZone opened up 71 new stores in this most recent quarter. That seems yep. like a lot to me. Are, are, are they just are, are they one of those businesses that is really good in terms of sales per square foot? I'm not putting them in the same category as Apple or Tiffany, who I think are number one and number two in that particular metric. But I, I don't know. The, the stock has performed so well for so long that. 
I'm giving management the benefit of the doubt. And yet, I have a little bit of doubt. That just seems like a pretty aggressive expansion over a three-month period. Okay, so it sounds like, oh, that's almost a store a day. But they've already got 5,800 stores in the country. So, this is a you know, a, a very small percentage uh, you know, growth story. Uh, there are 71 stores, a little bit more than 1% uh, growth in terms of store count. Uh, and one of the reasons to do that is that it just helps to be in the convenient spot. They're often located right near the competition, um, uh, Advance and O'Reilly. You'll see all three of those in a lot of uh, sort of Main Street, not, not quite Main Street, but a, the major business thoroughfare parts of smaller towns and mid-sized towns. And, and uh, so, they, they need to be where people are driving in, looking for that part, and, and driving away. And they got to have the parts on hand. So, part of the story is they're still uh, improving their margins from a, an expansion of their inventory and, and some new distribution centers. Uh, that's giving them an opportunity to get more parts. They're delivering more parts uh, on on sort of a daily basis to the stores rather than on a biweekly basis. Uh, so it it just helps to be in the convenient spots for this because, you know, whereas a lot of retail doesn't want to open more stores because Amazon is taking all the int- incremental growth, you, you're not getting your spark plug from Amazon. You you need that right away. Right. You just reminded me when you were talking about how they would uh, locate near the competition, down Duke Street from where our office is, uh, where where the Whole Foods is now. That used to be a small strip mall, and there were, I believe, four or five places of business in this small strip mall. At one end was AutoZone, at the other end was an Advanced Auto Parts, and in between was a dry cleaner and Italian deli, and I forget what the fifth one was, but. Uh, but yeah, that's that's yeah, they're, clear. They're they're very frequently right on top of each other. It seems like. Let's talk about the Fed meeting. Uh, it wrapped up yesterday afternoon, as I think was expected. There was no rate hike announced, and yet all of the tea leaf reading after the fact seemed to point to an increased likelihood that the Fed is going to raise interest rates in December. Anything stand out to you? Uh, either from the meeting itself or as you think about a potential rate hike in December? I think that there have been so many indications that really there's a rate hike coming, there's a rate hike coming, there's a rate hike coming. You get close enough to it and there are new indications, well, it's coming, but not yet. So, as you say, this was no surprise that it didn't happen today. The market had priced in a fairly low probability of uh, an announced hike yesterday and a better than 50% probability in December. Uh, that didn't really change. There wasn't anything monumental that came out of this. Uh, market took a little breathing, a little, little uh, sigh of relief that we get to go two, three more months with uh, interest rates as low as they are today. And uh, that, that has supported stocks for the moment. Janet Yellen seemed... Um a little miffed at the suggestion that the the Federal Reserve is is not an independent body. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just uh, I don't know Janet Yellen, but she she seems like someone you would not want to get on her bad side for uh, someone who is not a, a particularly big person. Right. Well, I mean, when accusations are thrown out by people who, for whatever reason, have 
people paying attention to what they say. And, uh, you know, it's this I'd like just like to point out based on really no knowledge about what I'm talking about at all, that this other person is violating their ethical obligations. Just putting that out there. It's obvious. Just stating it. Many people are saying, <laughs> you know, why, why not respond to that and say, uh, by the way, not true. Just since my name was invoked without any knowledge of what my job requires and, you know, why I do what I do, I do it honestly, just for the record. All right, before we continue, I've got to say a word about Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, because if you've ever bought a home, you already know how frustrating and time consuming getting a mortgage can be. Rocket Mortgage brings the mortgage approval process into the 21st century by taking all of the complicated, time-consuming parts of applying for a mortgage out of the equation. You can easily share your ba- Let me try that again. You can easily share your bank statements and your pay stubs at the touch of a button, helping you get approved in minutes for a custom mortgage solution that's been tailored to your own financial situation. And with Rocket Mortgage, here's the best part. You can do it all on your phone or your tablet. So, if you're one of those people who's looking to buy a home or refinance your mortgage, check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickenloans.com. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Asina Retail is having a bad week. Shares down around 30%. This is the parent company of Lane Bryant, Dress Barn, Justice, Catherine's, and Maurice's. And with the exception of Lane Bryant, I believe that all of those retail outlets are showing declining sales. Um, it, and yet, 30%? That, that seems like a hell of a haircut for this stock. Yeah. Well, this stock has seen a lot of uh, trouble over the years. It's really not uh, delivered much to shareholders. So, I guess, prior to coming into that, look, retail has been challenging. Um, clothing retail has been challenging. This store has never really delivered to shareholders, and uh, so you know more people found the exit again uh, because of it. But the declines were four percent at Justice. This is the same store sales declines for the quarter: four percent at Justice, nine percent at Maurice's, seven percent at Dress Barn, five percent at Catherine's. Uh, Aunt Taylor was going to be around five percent, six percent. So I mean that's pretty thorough. That's pretty across the board. Uh, so you can say that there are macroeconomic factors. You can say the company is obviously not getting it right when when there are declines everywhere to that degree. I would say that so Maurice's was down the most, nine uh, percent. That's really not too much of a surprise because it's a sort of small town oriented Midwest middle of the country uh, brand, and that is where more of the economic Problems um, in the country are right now. So, I mean, if you're a Cena, do you need to think about, I don't know, like getting rid of one of these brands? Do you need, I don't know, maybe that's too simplistic, but it seems like they've got a bunch. Uh, we've seen this with other businesses. We've seen this with large conglomerates like Procter and Gamble, uh, you know, Colgate Palmolive, who and in those cases you're talking about a business that has 75 to 100 different brands and business lines underneath it and then they, you know, they look to shed some here and there. But we've also seen it with a company like Darden Restaurants, which uh, owns 
Olive Garden and the Capitol Grill and and that sort of thing, and then you know, got rid of Red Lobster because they just thought, you know what, we we, we got to focus here. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if at least part of the solution for a senior retail group is to take one or possibly more of these brands and say, you know what, we're going to be a better operator if we're more focused on fewer brands. I think they probably uh, should consider that. I'm, I'm not going to answer as to whether that would definitely be the right thing to do, because I don't know. And frankly, when you and I discuss women's retail, we're definitionally way over our heads. Yes. I mean, for us to tackle men's fashion is probably not a fair fight there, right? And women's is just, right. who are these clowns? Exactly. Uh, that said, they're going the opposite way of what you suggest might be something to think about. They just acquired Ann Taylor, um, and and so the Ann Taylor numbers, because it hasn't been part of the company for a full year yet, aren't baked into the that, that full company comp decline. Uh, so they're acquiring. They're that's what this company historically has done. They have grown by getting more brands. They haven't grown shareholder rewards. So maybe it is time to look at, hey. If you're empire building, you know, great for you. If you're CEO and and now your compensation is based on more sales, more employees, whatever, maybe that's only working out for you. Maybe that's not how the CEO's compensation works out. I don't know. But the shareholders are entitled to look at the business plan and say, maybe maybe you're not executing on our behalf. Our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com. Last week, when you and Bill Mann were here in the studio, we spent a couple of minutes talking about the business of renting large animals because that's an actual business. People were demanding that we address this timely topic. The emails were flooding in. When, in God's name, are you guys going to talk about the business? Stop dodging. Exactly. Take a stand for crying out loud. Um, uh, by the way, how great would it be if there was a publicly traded company that, like, that's their business? I would, that would be fun. That would be fun. That would be a terrifying annual meeting to you'd, go to, but that be, would be you'd fun. You'd be talking about them every quarter. Absolutely. Every quarter they're reported, um, and, and as so, often as you could otherwise as well. And so we encouraged our, our dozens of listeners uh, to drop us a note at marketfoolreadful.com and share any experience they had. With the renting of large animals and proving once again that we have the best listeners in all of podcast land, uh, from Jerry Villani of Cleveland, Ohio, uh, who, who writes, I never figured out who thought that renting a bear for our company party was a great idea, but I got a picture with it. And I, I hold this up because uh, today's episode of Market Foolery is also on Facebook Live. So for those watching on the Facebook Live video, that's 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 a very brave Jerry Villani sitting next to an enormous bear. A friendly-looking bear. A friendly-looking bear that, if it decided to... It is on a pretty strong-looking leash there. Yep. But if it decided to just turn and just take an enormous bite out of Jerry... Uh, Get that, all bear on him? Yeah, that... Yeah, that wouldn't end well for Jerry. And so. you're saying... I'm saying... Why not us? Why not us? Exactly. Well, let me throw that back to you. Why not your podcast? You want the company to take... Let's let's all agree, there's a small risk. It's pretty small. In renting a large bear? Yeah, to- we all take small risks. You want the company to take small I say podcast should take it. Um, Facebook Live. Now's there's your audience. There's your viral there's video. There's your audience. <laughs> 
Um, here's the only thing about Not that. Not while I'm on the show. Um, Somebody uh, else. Uh, Moser. This, um, <laughs> I'll tell him you said that. Um, the only thing about that is uh, this studio is not particularly large. So if anything went wrong, as you said, this is a small not risk. Not bear-proofed? Are you sure? Oh, no, it's bear-proof because Dan Boyd, <laughs> who's on the other side of the glass, would be fine with the bear being in here because he's on the other side of that very thick glass. Yeah, you'd be trapped in here with the bear because that, that door sometimes is pretty hard to open. It, believe me. You may want to oil that before the bear episode. Yeah. Yeah, we will do that. Um, let's uh, before we wrap up. Let's let's talk about your recent trip. You were in Indiana last week. I was. Was this an annual meeting you went to? Was this a conference? What was this? Uh, the reason to go was the uh, Indiana Invest Conference, and it featured uh, Indiana-based companies uh, presenting to shareholders. So it wasn't thrown by a you know a Wall Street bank kind of thing, uh, and so. Uh, free to get into and well worthwhile and met a number of fine, fine Indiana companies. And one of the things that they did at this uh, conference at lunch was to present the uh, Indiana Company of Public Company of the Year Award, which was based on they had finalists and, and uh, a ranking from 10 to 1. Um, and is it a, is it a variety of, of things that go into that award? It's Returning value to shareholders. It was largely shareholder rewards, total rewards. That's you know, dividends and and share price increase. And I think you know the growth of the company and and you know the the concentration of it in Indiana uh, and other things. They didn't disclose all of the you know math that went into this. But here's the punchline: the numbers uh, one, uh, two, and four companies in all of Indiana. Uh, for the year were Elkhart, Indiana, RV companies. <laughs> so not just recreational vehicle companies, RV companies based in Elkhart. Well, Elkhart, Indiana is the the world's capital of RVs, and it's apparently where, it's where Thor, the biggest RV maker, is based. Uh, Forest River, which is now owned by Berkshire Hathaway, is based. Um, Another couple of, of suppliers, and and then other just the whole town is wired for, for RV manufacturers, and it is as you can imagine thriving. So it was yeah I've, I've driven across uh, parts of, of the country recently, and you, you get into some small towns and uh, Main Street, and there, you know, there are places boarded up. There are people who are concerned about the the economy and and how manufacturing is going and how their uh, towns are changing, and and you go to Elkhart, and man, it, it's uh, they're thriving. They are open for business. They, there's a downtown theater uh, that that seems to be booking acts, and they are, uh, yeah, the streets are clean, and uh, it 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 is obviously enjoying prosperity the way many other places would like to be, uh, and and RVs are doing as well as they are for a number of reasons. One, gas prices are low. Uh, interest rates are low, uh, and employment is is quite good, despite you know how you may hear those numbers spun by some. Uh, the the employment numbers uh, are are pretty good. That's all good for RVs. They're not subject to the same sort of competition that has uh, befallen uh, manufacturers of other vehicles, which have to compete with foreign uh, competitors who are now getting uh, the advantage of a strong dollar. Uh, so Japanese motorcycle ma- makers have really made a big impact just because of exchange rate reasons on on Harley and Polaris. RVs, 
You know what's an American industry? RVs. <laughs> go go to Europe and try to imagine RVs on the roads there. Oh god. I mean it's just not it's just not done. There's a tiny little RV, you know, uh, population there. Nice. Like US, Canada, thriving. So you, Elkhart, Indiana, doing well. You enjoyed your trip. Mostly. I got I got a You little, got a, you're a little under the weather. I was a little under the weather. But yes. other than that, other than that, I, I, the, the fine, fine, fine Amish people of Shipshawana, unfortunately, seemed to have served me something that was um, didn't didn't end up going as well as I'd hoped. Okay, but other than that, you're pro, you're a net promoter of Indiana, the Hoosier State. The, yes. <laughs> what do you want credit for that? <laughs> for coming up that it's the Hoosier State? <laughs> I figured you probably didn't know. Uh, I, I don't know a lot about Indiana. I know that. <laughs> great state for, as as we discussed before, and I don't know, may discuss at the moment, great state for sports movies. Maybe, yeah. pound for pound, the best state. For sports movies. For sports movies. Well, you got Hoosiers. You've got Breaking Away, the Academy Award winning uh, uh, film. Refund. Refund. <laughs> Refund. You've got Rudy. Rudy. Uh, which I'm not a fan you of, dispute. but others you are. You dispute that that's a... I, I haven't seen it. And Newt Rockney, everybody's All-American. You no, want to go I'm way back to uh, young Ronald Reagan. Not a great movie, but uh, but an Indiana-based movie. Sports that, movie. Um, Newt Rockney, everybody's All-American. Iconic, though. Yeah. Iconic. Win one for the Win Gipper. Win one for Come the on. Gipper. What's... I mean, he, he made a career out of that. Exactly. Line. You can read more from Bill Barker and his colleagues. You can go to foolfunds.com. And sign up for declarations. It is the free monthly newsletter at Motley Fool Funds. So check it out. Thanks for being here, my friend. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.